Welcome to Trail Effect. I am your host, Josh Blum. Trail Effect is a show that dives into the stories behind trails, the communities that embrace trails, and the people who rely on trails as a way of life. The goal of this show is to turn the stories you will hear from our guests into useful knowledge that can be applied to your community while providing some entertaining and inspirational content. Guests on Trail Effect include trail builders, board members, community leaders, volunteers, and regular people who really enjoy trails. For episode 42, we bring you part one of the Knoxville series. Knoxville as a community has been on the forefront of what more trails close to home really means. Their organization, the Appalachian Mountain Bike Club, has been instrumental in building up the trail community in Knoxville in some really creative ways. Julie Ferrara is our first guest in the Knoxville series. Julie is the Women's Ride Ambassador for the AMBC. As Julie describes in this show, Knoxville is nailing it in terms of getting more women out on mountain bikes. Support for Trail Effect comes from Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Smith's is a full-service bike shop that has a retailer for Trek Bicycle Company and Salsa Cycles. Smith's also has a full line of components and accessories from Bontrager and other various companies. For more information about Smith's Bike Shop, go to www.smithsbikes.com. A special thanks goes out to Ben Wallenek of Mountain Bike Radio for supporting this podcast and to the people who have shared their time and knowledge. Without this, we would not have these stories to tell. This podcast is an Evolution Trail Services production. For more information about Evolution Trail Services, go to www.evotrails.com. Here we are, Trail Effect Podcast. I'm down here in Knoxville. I have Julie Ferrara. She's a women's ride ambassador for the AMBC, the uh, Appalachian Mountain Bike Club. This is our first of a multi-part series here in Knoxville, Tennessee to kind of highlight the community of what Knoxville has done with trails. So how's it going today, Julie? It's going great. Enjoying a nice fall day in Knoxville. So how did you, what's your backstory as far as like being here in in Knoxville and and like how you kind of got to this community? Yeah. So I went to college in Knoxville at the University of Tennessee. And then I left for a while. I went to Arizona. I actually never rode a bicycle in Arizona, unfortunately. But I came back to, to teach at the University of Tennessee. And I've always had an affinity for the outdoors. I grew up on 60 acres in Middle Tennessee and rode my little Walmart bicycle on creek gravel roads all over the valley I lived in. And so then when I had an injury indoor bouldering and I couldn't run outside, I had switched to mountain biking and I hardly ever run outside anymore. And I've, I've kind of been in love ever since. Yeah. So what, what do you do for the university here? Um, I am a lecturer as well as the assistant department head and director of corporate partners for the business analytics and statistics department at the Haslam College of Business. That's a so, mouthful. So yeah, it is a mouthful. I, I wear many hats, but I think that that's what keeps me going is always having something different going on and exciting going on in my life. You got into mountain biking due to your injury. And soon after that, you became a volunteer. I did. I did. How'd that journey go? So basically, I couldn't find women to ride with. And so I figured that if I was struggling, there had to be other women who were struggling. So why not try to bring us all together? So when an opportunity came up through my marketing analytics background to help Knoxville promote a competition for um, to raise some money for some trails here in Knoxville, I said, hey, I can help with that. Um, and I had kind of a selfish agenda of I wanted to try to meet some more people to ride with. And, and I did. I met um, our executive director of the mountain bike club, his wife, Ellen Kellogg. She's one of my first mountain biking friends and we're still friends today. 
And, and so that's how I got connected with AMBC here in Knoxville was my own um, self-serving need to find more women to, to ride bikes with. Yeah. And you were somewhat connected to, to Bell with their Joyride program or have been involved with the Bell Joyride ride program? So I started out as a live cycling ambassador. So the first um, brand ambassador for mountain biking was actually um, live cycling in 2015. And then shortly after that, um, we had a Bell ambassador and a Trek advocate. So I think just about every single brand ambassador for women's out there, we've had just about everyone here in Knoxville, which I think is a testament to how great this community is. And, and so I started out with that which was great, but I found that it's a little bit harder to be a bike brand ambassador because it's harder for all the local bike shops to promote somebody else's branded event. And so I had an opportunity to fill in the shoes for the Bell Helmets um, Joyride Ambassador. And I took it because I felt like it was an opportunity for me to reach more women. And that just felt right for me. How many women do you typically have when you guys do your events? Like how big is the program here in Knoxville? The Bell Joyride program usually gets anywhere from 25 to 40 women on a bike ride. We've definitely seen it upwards of 50 or 60 at some of the first ones and some of those, you know, really initial events where everybody was so excited to have anything. Um, but, you know, some of the smaller rides that are specifically just for, say, a brand new riders, you might just get like three to seven. Since you got into the whole ambassadorship part of your riding pretty early on in your riding. Mm -hmm. What have you learned about yeah. yourself and about this through that journey? Well, mountain biking has just taught me so much about myself. And I think that there's so many um, examples of mountain biking that you can take from mountain biking that you can apply to every aspect of your life. Like I tell women, look where you want to go, not where you don't want to go. Like that can be applied to life. Um, and, and so I've found that mountain biking is my thing that when I'm really feeling like something's bothering me with work, I've got a problem I need to solve, I just need to go ride my bike. And so I've found that riding my bicycle, you know, with every revolution, my problem kind of unwinds and, and I, I feel like I have next steps. And so I found I didn't realize that mountain biking would be quite so cathartic for me, but it has been. And then as far as with helping women, the, um, you know, I'm a planner. I like to have things organized. I like to be thinking about what could happen next. I like to be forward thinking and all that kind of stuff, you know, handle your objections before they happen. And what I have found is that you can't do that with these group rides. You can't go in there with an expectation of this is the ride we're going to do today. And this is what we're going to cover. And this is what's going to happen because the second you do, you know, the universe is going to throw something at you. And, and so the biggest thing that I've learned is that it's good to have a general plan, but be willing to take whatever the trail throws at you. And, and things tend to go a lot better that way. Yeah. Let's talk about the inclusivity that you guys have here in Knoxville. Yeah. So I think from a, a gender perspective, it's definitely um, better than a lot of areas I've been in. You know, it's not uncommon for me to be riding my bike alone in the woods and I see somebody who looks lost and I'll stop and talk to them, right? And there's a lot of places where women would be like, see a person stopped in the woods, you keep going, right? And, and not here. And so you'll get comments like, you're the third woman I've passed today. Like, I've seen more women than men. And it's like, yeah, because that's the kind of environment that we have here. 
And I think it is a testament to the men in Knoxville that they support it too. So it really takes, you know, the people who are the majority speaking up and taking the initiative to try to encourage the minority. And I think that um, some kudos to the men here in town that they've definitely been supportive of that. And, and I think that really helped. So, How about the new riders? Uh, I know one of the things that you really like to do is, yeah. is get new riders out. Yes. So shortly into my first year of riding a mountain bike, I lacerated my liver in a mountain biking accident. And I ended up in the hospital. I actually had to take a ambulance ride from one hospital near Beach Mountain, North Carolina to another hospital, a level one trauma hospital, which I thought was only on the Grey's Anatomy. But apparently that's a thing um, because I had to spend the night in ICU in case my liver started bleeding again and they needed to do surgery on me. Thankfully, it didn't. And I only spent two nights in a hospital. But looking back on it, there were some novice mistakes I made that led to that. And the last thing I would have wanted is for somebody to have an injury, hopefully not as severe as that. And, and it could have been something that could have easily been preventable. If somebody would have just given them a little tip, like don't ride a borrowed bike that doesn't have all its pins on the pedal. And, and when you think you're about to crash, don't squeeze the brakes, let go. And it's better to go off the back than go off the front and land on your stomach. You know, it's like so many things I wish people would have told me and they didn't. And I just didn't want any woman to give up on the sport because of an unnecessary bad experience. And so really my, that's my, my bread and butter is new riders. So whenever there's an opportunity to do a group rider, I'm like, I want those people. This is their second trail time ever on dirt. Maybe they show up with the completely wrong bike. And I say that in quotes because any bike is a right bike as long as you can successfully ride the trails, especially on a brand new ride. Cause I'm not going to take them on anything crazy, right? Show up with what you got. We'll figure it out, have fun. Um, and then go from there. And I, I, I said from the very beginning, and I still say it now, if a woman tries mountain biking and she decides that she doesn't like it, I don't want it to be because she didn't have an opportunity. And I don't want it to be because she never felt like she could find other people to ride with. If she decides that there's another sport that's better resonates with her, then so be it. That's the only reason why a woman should ever give up on mountain biking. Um, and that's what I, I try to do. This is a question I asked a while back when I had Angela Brooks on, who is a female rider. She does a lot of uh, teaching for the ICP and in different areas. And I asked Angela, I said, so what, how do guys screw up when they're trying to get their, let's say, girlfriend or friend or wife or significant other into mountain biking? Because yeah. I'm fairly certain we all screw up. Sure. I screw up. And well, guys, especially though. And uh, what have you seen and what are some tips on that end? They're like, well, I don't know. Just, um, just go ride. Like, I, I just do it. Like, you just have to do it. Um, it's so this understanding that a lot of times there are a larger percentage, not all, of women who like to have something explained to them first. But then also sometimes you can get to explain too much. And so checking in and being like, is that enough or do you want me to explain more? And just saying up front, like, there's a lot of detail I could give you. How much do you want? Like, I know some women, let's take an example of shifting. If you think about shifting as like gears, which they are, and a low gear and a high gear, like for some women, 
understanding that and connecting it to the physics of it helps them understand shifting better. For others, they're like, when I'm going up a hill, do I push the big button or the little button? And so asking them, what, what do you want? Like, do you want to hear the physics behind it? Or do you want to just say, for right now, just tell me which button to push? And then accepting where they're at. You know, they'll be like, no, 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 let me tell you, you need to know this. And it's like, just because you would need to know it doesn't mean they need to know it. And that's where I talk about forgetting about the plan and the agenda. And you might have, I'm going to give them this really cool explanation about shifting. But if that overwhelms them, you've ruined the ride before it even starts. So check in with them and ask them how much detail they want and then go from there. How often do you guys meet or ladies meet for... um well, are you talking pre-COVID or right now? <laughs> you can talk right now. And so, we are right now. So. Yeah. Um, so right now, you know, we try to do three of these big rides every month. And then we are in the process of planning next year's events where we hope to have in the summertime a few rides per month. And then in the wintertime, at least one thing sprinkled kind of in there. So that it would be hard pressed to find a month when there isn't something that you could do. But ha- hosting these large 30, 40 women's rides every month for a voluntary thing can become a bit challenging and asking a lot of a volunteer community. So my goal in this next year is to have no more than say month, month and a half without some kind of event for women. Is there any, uh, like organize just regular rides that aren't skills related for women specific stuff here? Not on a regular routinely, like first Tuesday of every month. Um, not for women only. Um, not currently, no. And I don't know if there even would um, because it is harder to ride our trails here in the winter. You know, we're working on that with some year round trails. But so we do really try to focus on having something more routinely in those warmer months. Yeah, for sure. And I totally understand that coming from Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Our season is usually April or May through the end of October if we're lucky. And sure. So we get the seasonal part. Yeah. Then we have fat biking. That's nice. I've never done that. It's seasonal, let's say. Okay. Sometimes it can be great and sometimes it can be pretty dicey. Yeah. But I would say another thing that has I've started seeing as some of the women have been in the sport longer, and I'm included in that, is a larger... Um, movement towards gravel, mm-hmm. um, which in you know industry wide, gravel is becoming huge, and I personally love it. It reminds me of my childhood of riding my bicycle on creek gravel roads, and people go around corners and like I feel like I'm out of control. I'm like I know, isn't this great? Because it reminds me of these wonderful childhood experience. And people, other people, are like okay, what's she been drinking? And and so I think that it's been great because it gives us an ability to still get out in those you know, dreary winter months and, and still have fun. And, and, and so we're, we're definitely seeing that the mountain bike group is starting to move a little bit more towards gravel. And I wouldn't be surprised if we have a few organized gravel rides in here, especially in the end of the winter is maybe some pre-training for the riding season kind of rides. Well, I didn't have this as a topic, but yeah. generally speaking, how is the gravel riding here in, in uh, the Knoxville area, the region? So in Knoxville proper, there's not a lot. You go 30, 40 minutes, there's a ton. There's stuff in the Smokies, there's stuff at Sudico, there's stuff over in Oak Ridge. 
Um, we have a raise here every year called the Hartford 50 that's in Hartford, um, Tennessee, right next to North Carolina um, border. And if you're familiar with Max Patch, you ride up this gravel road up to the top of Max Patch and it's like a level one climb. Um, when I did it a few years ago, I came in last place. And I say that with pride because I finished the thing. And I like to also say that I was on the same model bike as the woman who won. So the bike does not make the rider, guys. Just going to say it. But it was the longest ride I'd ever been on in my life. And I did it as a race because that's how crazy I am. But I had the greatest time. My daughter was there and a friend was driving her around to different stops. And she got to see her mom like ready to just pass out and fall off the bike and finish anyway. And it was just a wonderful experience. And they have that race every year. And it's a, it's a really fun race. And you were starting to see a lot more of those around town. Gravel riding has a great scene in the area. And I highly encourage people to check that out, especially if the mountain bike trails um, are a little too sloppy to ride. Let's get into Knoxville because a lot of the reason why, why yeah. I'm here is to really talk about this region. Yes. You know, what's the way you see it? What is the backstory of, of Knoxville as far as trails and the urban wilderness and how that kind of came about and what it's done for the community? So I think that the great thing is, is that we had a mayor at the time when things were really starting to happen that was very supportive of outdoor initiatives. And she made it possible for some trails to happen and to allow this crew um, that was trying to make some traction. She she helped make it possible. Um, and so I think having that um, support from the local officials is really helpful. And, and we've been very fortunate there. And then also having some people who are willing to take the time to get organized, right? There is effort and work in having these organized trail systems. And so having somebody who takes that upon themselves to take on that leadership has been very crucial. And then the other thing is that oh, we're the volunteer state, right? And I think there's some, and we were also Knoxville is the scruffy city. And so we're not afraid to get out and get dirty. And so I think all of those things combined just led to the perfect combination for the Knoxville scene to just be great. And then lastly, we have forests and woods right next to the city. Some cities just don't have that. You might have to drive 30, 40 minutes and I literally don't have to drive. The last time, I can't remember the last time I drove to go mountain biking. Because I just literally go out my side gate and I'm half a mile to one mountain bike trailhead and a mile to the other. And yet I'm still only like seven minutes from the University of Tennessee. So there's a whole host of things that have come together to make Knoxville a prime spot for mountain biking. Yeah. So today was my first day out exploring the trails here in Knoxville. And one of the things that I like to see that you guys have here is you literally have trails going through neighborhoods. Yes. And yes. we're in one of those neighborhoods right now. We are. Yes. So yeah. how do you think that's been received as far as, you know, like, cause literally you could pop out of a trail onto a road next to in between two houses. That's exactly right. So the people who've lived in this community for a long time have seen this community go through a major downturn where some people did not necessarily feel safe living in the neighborhoods to this. And so the longstanding residents are happy to see their home values going up. They're happy to see um, the safety of the community going up. 
And they're happy that what's coming in isn't skyscrapers and, um, you know, not that Knoxville have, have skyscrapers, but it's something that resonates with them. Like they like the outdoors too. And, and so it's, it's been very well received and it's, um, you know, been a great experience for me. Like I, I bought a house and so this is my second house in South Knoxville because it just could imagine living anywhere else. If you're a mountain biker in Knoxville. Let's uh, detour outside of Knoxville. Have you been to any other communities? Are there any communities that really stick out as a, a great place to go mountain biking? So, you know, my parents live in Ocala, Florida, and they live in a 55 plus community. Um, and they, that's far away from Santos. But a lot of people don't realize is that there's this really long stretch of trails that goes away from Santos. Um, that's also got a paved greenway on it now. It's part of the Cross Florida Canal. It was supposed to be canal and it's not. And so it's a Cross Florida Greenway. And I can ride to it from my house. The thing I will say about that, though, is that the only reason why I would ride to that from my parents' house is because I was already comfortable riding here alone. If I hadn't been that comfortable, I wouldn't have just gone, even if I you know, was a mountain biker, I wouldn't have just gone and left and tried to figure it out. But um, so that, that community is pretty fun and pretty active. Um, and and that's, that's probably the one I spend the most time in outside of here. Yeah. Good. It's good stuff. It's, you know, there's, it seems like there's a huge, I don't know if explosion is the right term, but Mm -hmm. a lot of communities are really finally starting to embrace trails and outdoor recreation. And yes. And that was one of the reasons why Knoxville was on my extremely short list of places to get to, you know, because of what I've seen, um, and heard from other people, Yeah. you know, so that's, And then when, when Matthew reached out to, to do what we're doing now, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was perfect to be able to have, you know, I, when I got a hold of him, I'm like, where, you know, where's a good place to do? He's like, well, I got a place trailside. Yeah. You're like, why would I ever say no to that? Just my arm. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'd say one thing I'd love to see more of, uh, and there is a little bit of it is camping close to the trails. Like there's a Brown bike farms is a, primitive and when i say primitive it's primitive campsite that's not too far from where you're staying um and there are a few other things in the works but i would definitely like to see that because when i've gone to other places i've camped like when i go to dupont i like to camp there and i would like to see some more of that here as well yeah that's actually a request that's been coming in um for the community that i live in is more and more we've been asked, you know, we're coming to your town to ride. Where's a good place to camp? And I, we don't have a lot of really good camping where I live. And so that community should take note. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely true. And so, you know, that's the great thing about Santos as well is it's literally next to a campground, a nice campground. So as soon as we can get more of that here, I think it's going to explode. Even though some would probably say, Julie, it's already exploded, but yeah, take it to another level. Yeah. And it seems like there's a lot of open space on this, at least in this part of Knoxville. Yes. Since these are older neighborhoods, most of the neighborhoods in this area were built in the fifties. Okay. And that's when Big Yak Backyards was a thing. And, And so that helps a lot. And there's still a decent amount of people who own um substantial amount of land. And, and, and so you can definitely find that open space. 
Well, how do you want to wrap this thing up? So I think the best way to wrap it up is like if there's anybody out there that's wanting to take a new person on the ride, just go out there with no expectations and ask them what they want to do and just focus on going out and having fun. Some of my um, best rides with my beginners, we barely left the parking lot because we just sat around and played on a couple of corners or things of that nature. So don't forget that mountain biking, um, first and foremost, is fun, in my opinion, and exercise is just an added benefit. So as long as you're having fun in the woods on a bike, everything's going to be okay. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you, Julie. I really appreciate this opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And thank you so much for coming to Knoxville and for helping to spread the word about the amazing community. Yeah. Well, it is from what I've seen so far, I've only been here for about 20 hours, (laughs) but I've already had one good ride in. And it's like I said, when you see trails popping out between houses and really good neighborhood connectivity, Mm -hmm. like that's, that's where our future is for mountain biking because not everybody can go to a big national forest to get on their mountain bike. No, they can't. And a lot of them, you know, might have a national forest, but they don't allow bikes on them. And so it's just, it's not accessible. And so we're very lucky and we love having people here and nothing makes me happier. We're like, oh, we're here from out of town. You know, which way is that trail? Like that, that makes us happy. We love the visitors um, and showing off our town to anybody who wants to come check it out. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. Links for the various topics discussed in the show can be found in the show notes. Our next episode will feature Sean Leader from the Windrock Bike Park. Sean has built the most unique training facility and downhill park in the U.S., and it's located just outside of Knoxville. If you like what you have heard, please take the time to share these shows. Sharing these shows with others will help create awareness of both the guests who have taken the time to be on the show and the podcast series itself. This podcast has been made possible by Mountain Bike Radio, Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and is an Evolution Trail Services production. If you have ideas on future communities or people to feature in Trail Effect, please don't hesitate to reach out by emailing evolutiontrails at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening.